Okay, we're just logging in. Looks like we are live. We are back. Welcome to another episode of Ask Someone Else. I've been told off by my admin recently because apparently I keep mispronouncing it and calling it Ask Somebody Else and I lack consistency. Um, so today I'm saying it right. Um, hello, welcome to everybody. I'll just let people log in. Um, so today um, and every Sunday at 6 p.m. is a session where effectively we get to ask an industry professional or an industry expert something I mean, in the property space. We get to ask some questions. We get to learn some free game. And today I'm excited to say that I have the man himself, Mr. Big Deals Only, um, Anthony Laville, in the building who we're going to have as our special guest. So I'm going to add him in now. Let me find him and send him that invite so we can make the money out of this 45 minutes. Um, once he is here, I'll give him a brief intro. And then hopefully we can get to asking some really good questions. How are you guys? Going? Good. You all right? Yeah, I'm man. Re- I'm very, very well, thank you. And yourself? How's your weekend been? Yeah, good. Yeah, fine. Good, good. Family good. time. Good, good, good. So you take some. Um, so, yeah, I was, yeah, Luke, like Luke just said, I've been looking forward to this one as well. Um, we've spoken briefly, I think, in a couple of, like, clubhouse rooms and maybe just DMs. Oh, yeah. But- yeah. I think I don't remember who's. I've kind of moved away from Clubhouse. I liked I it for a little while. I don't think I've moved music from months either. Yeah, and it yeah. kind of just, I think it almost just became a space where established developers used it to sell themselves rather than what it was to start, which was a really good sort of knowledge exchange. Mm. So, so I moved away from it slightly. Um, so I have, I've kind of, I try and when I have people on, I try and catch up with what, what they've been up to, what their story is. So I'm going to give you a little intro and then you can correct me where I've made mistakes. And hopefully we can ask you a couple of questions about your journey, your experience in property. Um, so as I know, um, you started, you started out um, sort of early 20s with a lettings and management business um transition from there into doing some guaranteed rent and from there quite quickly excelled into where your sort of statement has come from mr mr big deals only um and starting to do some some larger scale property developments i think the initial scheme was 70 units is that correct yeah so initial scheme was 70 units you've now got two further schemes a commercial and shared like mixed use um commercial and shared living which is i think 200 is it 200 units no so that one's in the pipeline that one mm. we've got um so the, the 70 units one is still under construction yeah that that's under construction and i've got a 48 unit under construction both student oh, accommodation no nice nice and what what was it that made you pivot towards student accommodation was it because that's where you came from you know in terms of yeah so that i mean i'm i'm I like to say I'm site-led, and mm. so that development site at the time, on um, both of them, well, the 70 unit, I thought that was the best place for student accommodation. Mm. The, the 48 unit, I thought initially it would work as a residential apartment scheme, mm-hmm. and then when I got into the pre-app, they, was, they said pretty much it's not going to happen, mm-hmm. um, but student accommodation would work. Yeah, and it was like student accommodation is my bag anyway. So it was like, all right, bonus. And in fact, numbers worked better with student accommodation. Should have worked out better for me in the end. And I think that's really important for a lot of people. You know, whether you're doing a a big deal or a small deal, you know, pre-app is a really good place to learn and be able to pivot where you're moving towards. Because just because they say no to option A, you should always have a plan B in place to what else, what else you can do to make something work. Um, so if we take it back, so you started, you started in, in Lettings. Um, how, how did you find that as a sort of foot in the door into the property space? Um, it was good. It was a lot of, I, I worked very hard at it. There was a lot of running around. Um, I had a bunch of clients. We were doing um, heavily focused on tenant fines. So, I mean, we were finding tenants, junior tenants for various landlords ranging from your sort of um, HMO landlord through to your large purpose built, you know, like United Students, yeah. student accommodation provider in, in the UK. So we'd find a bunch of students for them as well. So we'd find students from everyone, from the little guy right through to the billion pound property accommodation fund. Um, but it was, it was, it was hard work and um, 
um, getting paid wasn't great as well. By the time by the time you get paid, it was like you waited this long for the money, and some of them would be poor at converting some of the um, some of the bookings mm. that you you would have produced. Some for some reason they would cock up, and so it just got a bit tiresome. And it was like, well, what am I doing? Mm-hmm. Um, but it was interesting. I learned a lot, and um, certainly got me my, my foot into the property market. Would you say? Did you think? Did you network with people in that during that time? Did you meet any of the contacts that you went to do developments with during your time in property um, management? Yeah, some of the people that I, I met during that, well, as a letting agent, yeah, for sure, I still talk to mm-hmm. them now. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely, some of the people, the um, the seventy unit one. The guy that I partnered with on that was one of my old clients when I was a letting agent. That's what I mean, because I think a lot of people, I don't know, I'm sure probably get a lot of DMs from a lot of people, particularly, you know, those sort of late teens that are looking to get into the property space. And it's almost like everybody wants to know how I become a developer overnight. But a lot of the time, the steps that you take, whether it's through lettings or deal sourcing or rent to rent that can build your network to allow you to kind of, actually get into you know to make take steps towards where you want to get to in the long term yeah but i think people people ask me um i've had people ask me in the past you know oh you started in lettings um and i you know i want to be a developer you started in lettings now you're develop, you, now you're a developer um should i start in lettings and that's their question to me and i say hell no if you want to be a developer go and do development shit why would you want to be a, why would you want to waste time being a letting agent and so, um, generally, my advice to people that want to be a developer is go go and get educated in terms of go and consume content, written content, mm-hmm. podcasts, and all that sort of thing. And then, ideally, go and work with somebody that's doing it, or go and find it. Go and work with somebody that's already successful in development, mm-hmm. and just shadow them. But clearly, you've got to bring them value. You can't just say, "Mentor me." Yes, yeah. I hear that. Sort I, I, of time. Yeah, every day. And that's if all you do. Have you, have you actually, I know I've you don't. To, I, I think I've approached people. I, I don't know if I've approached anyone said mentor. Now, I have done that in the past, years ago. Um, it doesn't really work. You, you've I, got a, there's, a, there's an approach. Yeah, so for me, how I, I, I didn't have a mentor, but I had somebody that I was working with. I did some project management for other developers, and it was about a value proposition. So what I, the first thing I did was I was just like, look, let me just be around and kind of soak it up. And it was like, okay, being around doesn't really cost me anything. But then from being around, it was like, oh, like I drove. So do you want me to go and pick up the materials? Do you want me to meet the builder on site? Do you want me that's to... That's where the value is. Yeah. And that's, that's what it is. Cause that, that hand, that helping hand. If you're the, gonna, when, you're, when, when, when you're going to someone and saying mentor me it should be more of a you shouldn't be saying mentor me you should be saying let me help you yeah this is my skill set i think i can help you in this in this respect and then that's how you get mentored you don't get mentored by going be my mentor i think that's a tough way to it's a that's a tough way to get a a mentor because you almost need somebody who's reached a point where they don't want to do anything else in the space and they just want to give back because i know I've, i've heard you say very frequently that you don't mentor However, if you somebody popped up and you have an issue with social media and they said, look, I'll run all your social media, I'll do X, Y, or Z, you know, they were doing something that you really needed. It's all about a value proposition. Yeah. And if somebody can do something for you that you need, then potentially there can be an exchange of services there. Mm. Um, but I think your, your journey for a lot of people is really interesting just because of the jump. And I know, I think you've branded yourself very well in terms of Mr. Big Deals Only, which is, um, you've kind of, you've, you've lived up to. And obviously I've heard you speak on um, CEO Cast, which is a nice interview. So for those who haven't checked it out, make sure you check it out. It was um, nice. You spoke well there um, in regards to just what you want to do going forward. And it's just a case of just because I'm doing 70 now, if I'm doing something else, it needs to be three figures. It might be, you know, it might be four figures. It might be skyscrapers, et cetera. Um, in terms of where you're looking towards. But you didn't actually, prior to doing the jump between property management um, and development, you didn't actually do any smaller scale schemes in between that, did you? No, I've done refer- house refurbs and stuff. Oh, you did do house because I've not really yeah. heard you speak about them. That's why, so I think it'll be interesting. You know, one of the reasons I don't talk about them is because I don't want to be known for that. Mm. No, no, Unless definitely. somebody asked me specifically. Yeah. So in fairness, I'm quite strategic with that. So yeah. I've got, I've got properties I rent out and stuff, and I've got properties that um, 
I've got HMOs and commercial mm. units and stuff, but I don't, I never talk about it unless somebody asks me mm. specifically because if, I think if someone's going to know me, I want them to know me for large development deals and large development sites. And they're more likely to get those things coming to me. Yeah. I think the reason I, the reason I ask, and I think it's important for me to ask, is I know, you know, when you know the demographic of your followers and a lot of them are in that position, so they would like to kind of understand that transition between how you found those deals. So I guess, yeah, so in terms of your refurbs, what, what sort of stuff did you do? Did you do just straightforward refurbs? You said you touched on some commercial stuff. Usually, um, for the most part, the refurbs I did were just um, HMOs. So it was either converting a house into a HMO or um, buying an existing HMO and just improving it. And, and, and that was in, in Birmingham, right? Yeah, Birmingham. Nice. But even you know, even during before I started buying properties, during the um, the rent to rent phase, I was a letting yeah. agent, and during being a letting agent during that period, I started doing rent to rent. So I'd lease these properties for say five years. Yeah. And even during that, you get exposed to basic refurbs. So you, you did some basic refurbishment work from that. I, I did it from that point. Yeah. So the, by the time I started doing it on my own houses, I yeah. already cocked up. <laughs> I've already, yeah. already been through the process on the rent-to-rent, -rent, so by the time I started buying my own houses, um, then I could go back to brick, do you know what I mean, yeah. and start again. You feel more comfortable and, because you, you take, you've taken it from a step-by-step -step to sort of a light tidy up to a full refurb. Um, and then the transition from, I guess, managing, did you have, when you were doing your um, HMO refurbs, did you tend to get a main contractor in or did you project manage like, individual trades? Yeah, did it myself, and I, how, how did you find that? I don't like it. I never liked it. I hated it, and I never want to do it again. It's you don't fun. like it. No, I like it. I like. It. like, I like, like it. Do you know what I like? <laughs> I just love. I love when I no, feel like I'm bringing a community. You're on team, have you? Yeah, you know I have, but because but I run more. When they when they're your own builder, I used to <laughs> I used to employ a builder. Yeah. So I employed a builder when I. When I got to a certain size, I employed a builder in house and he did my maintenance and some basic, um, not basic, but if I needed something doing, he, he would that take charge. In house. So that was easier. Yeah. But then even then, if it was a full house refurb, he'd be there. But then I still have to arrange getting other trades in, and that was long. I hated it. Do you know what? Because I do both. Because because I have like multiple projects. I have like my main team who be on a site, but then I might have a smaller project where I just say, okay, I'll project manage these individual trades. Yeah. Or I have like a project manager, but I, I don't know. I like the nuances of it. I feel like I've got so ingrained in this that it's so much fun, like dealing with my communication issues between my my Jamaican <laughs> um, my Jamaican plasterer and my Polish tailor. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I, have, I have I have a lot of fun. Um, I'm going to just remind everybody for those that have just logged in. We got a few people that have come in. So today I'm speaking into Anthony Laville from Volume Property. Um, specializes in big deals at the moment he's doing um two schemes um of over 100 units student accommodation between two different schemes and then in the pipeline you've got a mixed use co-living scheme haven't you with commercial on the bottom and that's how many units um so the mixed use one co-living that's 180 mm -hmm. um beds the um i've got another one mixed use scheme that's uh built to rent so that's 150 apartments plus ground floor commercial. Um, what else have I got? I've got another stru small student scheme in the pipeline, which is only about 40 beds. But um, hopefully we'll be able to tie the site next door, so that would be closer to 100 beds. Um, what else do I have? I've got... Um, and then are these, are these all with the same partner, or you've got multiple partners for different schemes? Yeah, so Volume Property is my company. Mm -hmm. and then on the individual property projects i partner with i tend to partner with somebody mm -hmm. on those projects so they tend to be there um there's a couple of people that are the same on some of them but they're mostly different i've got probably half a dozen different partners at the moment okay and are you actively looking for partners or would you say you're currently comfortable with the people that you're you're working with uh no i'm always open to always open to working with new um so for the most part, I um, I basically work with investors, so they bring the money, and I tend to do all the work. Yeah. Um, so for the most part, that. But the other thing I'm doing, 
which is what I put out on my social media actually, is that if someone's got a deal and um, they don't have finance or experience or anything like that and they want to work together, I'm open to working with people that um, just have a deal, don't have yeah. money, connections, finance and experience. So, um, but for the most part, I work with investors, I bring money, so I, they just bring the money, I do the deal. But if someone's got a deal, I'm open to that as well. Because that's, that's a Flexible. lot of... That's a lot of what property is, obviously, being able to pull pieces together. Sometimes somebody might have a site and not have any idea how to maximize the value. And you can actually work with the site owner directly, I'm assuming, if, if, you know, if, it, if it works for you and works for them. If you, bring, if you can bring the money in, can bring the expertise. But I think you can take that ethos for those that maybe are not a point where they, they feel comfortable delivering a deal of that size. You can take that ethos you know, back down to a, like, a more micro level to um to smaller development projects and it can still work you know the same the same sort of strategy can be can be implemented yeah, yeah that's, i mean it's a, it's the same thing isn't it it's just a another zero on the end a bit more yeah. work but it's, it tends to be about the same sort of thing involved so i mean um i've seen some of your projects online and um pretty sure you doing a one bed flat isn't too far off Yes, there's a bit more work and it may maybe yeah. take a bit longer, maybe. Yeah. But it's not far off doing a three, four bed house, is it? It's quite, you've got yeah, to I mean, it. it's, it's the same thing. I mean, that, that's, you know, the, the, the only time, the difference is whether or not for me is do I or don't I need planning? So then you expect a different return if you've got to take additional risk because you have, obviously, everything in this investment game is about, you know, risk and, risk and returns. If I have more exposure from having to wait for planning, then I'm going to expect a higher rate of return. Mm. But it's um, it's all it's it's a lot of it's a lot of the same stuff. But then, do you not find because for me, like I've been offered some bigger bigger projects. Um, but you know, when you talk about project like you know self project managing. Do you not feel that you're almost like I spoke about working with multiple trades? You're almost delivering that, but you're working with a head contractor. You're maybe working with um, your QS, you're working with your architect, you're working with a planning consultant. So you're still project managing multiple, not trades, but multiple skill set. But maybe this is a bit more... Different though. Why? Because you can email them and they respond. <laughs> <laughs> you can't email the trades, can you? You, you, can't, you can't email a trade. Just, if you try and take uh, corporate world into building, you'll lose your head. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah, I guess, I guess it being a bit more corporate and a bit mm. more professional suits my working yeah. style. Mm -hmm. So my working style is sort of emails, phone calls, and hold you to account, here's the contract, this is what the contract says, this is what our agreement says. Mm. And it's less of a... And to be fair, I mix that in with a bit of, I'm on site, this is what I'm saying. Yeah. So, I mean, I get a, I get a well with the, the team generally, but... Um, no, it's different. It's, it, it's just, it's different. I, I like, if I had to do all of that on top of, there's so many facets to this game. It's just, mm. I can't even, it's hard to explain. There's so many different facets just to, just to striking a deal, just to, just mm. to striking a deal with a landowner. There's so many parts to that. And then, um, and then getting the finance together, whether that's debt or equity, equity. And then, um, sorting out pre-construction stuff, sorting out enabling works, and then going into the construction contract, and then drawing construction, and then dealing with the development management and the fund. It's just there's so much, there's so many parts to it. For me to have to then have a team that dealt with the construction side of it and construction managed it, no way. Mm. I can't see me doing that. For I, I don't think I'd want that kind of. I don't. I don't think so. For me, shall I say something like that? You see, when you I'm talk fine. about all of that, like having to submit your, um, like your construction plan and your like construction management plan and do this, like, you see how you, you think about the trades? You think, oh, that's admin. That's how I think when I have to think about dealing with all these blue tape, red tape, yellow tape people. <laughs> like, so I guess it's, I think, I don't know. Like, I'm going to kind of proposition something to you. And I'd like to hear your opinion on it, that. Whatever you're doing, but we'll talk about property because that's what we're here to talk about. But it's knowing your strengths. Like, so I know I'm a very active learner. I like to be sort of hands-on and know what's going on. But when it comes to maybe the back office side or the emails, that's not where I excel. So I think for me, a lot of the time, you have to understand yourself and how you work well 
to be able to facilitate like you know your your to be for you to be successful in the, in your industry you really need to know what your strengths are and play into them yeah i agree you've got to play into your strengths um so so what so what's your what your what's your proposition so no no so i'm just more so i was saying because you were talking about how you know you couldn't you wouldn't like to manage you know maybe like the build teams or what have you but for me for example sometimes i get offered something but it might be a, do you know london bro how old you know but, well enough. but for example i might get offered like you know a nice nice conversion but it's in fulham and i could do it but i know the the, the headache of that fulham site because of the neighbors because of the area the council that it's in versus going to do four projects in Croydon, I could do those in my sleep with my build team, whereas there's a lot more administration, a lot more back and forth with a certain type of site. So I think sometimes focus and specialisation is... Um, no, that's good. Focusing good, especially. But then I guess there's a... I, I don't know what your plans are, but then mm. if you're, if you, if you're going to go from the kind of projects you're doing to mm. the kind of projects I'm doing and bigger... Mm. I doubt you want to be a contractor, but I could be wrong. No, 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 of course, I think... I, I doubt it. It's a... And I think that's why... You've got to take on all the other roles on top of that. It's just yeah, yeah, no, definitely. So I think, but potentially, in the same way you said, you know, when I get a contractor... No, sorry, when I get to a certain state, I don't want to be dealing with a contractor. I want to be dealing with one person. I want to be dealing with the architect. I want to be dealing with my planning. So I'll be dealing with all of those other sort of professional trades um, or professional um, speci specialists. I think for me, maybe at that point in time, I would take somebody on to maybe do the role that you're doing and focus on what, you know, what I'm good at in terms of delivery, because that's how okay, I can raise the finance. But in terms of pulling around all of that, you know, that admin stuff or back office stuff, that's maybe not my specialist or where I specialize, then I don't know. I think it's just, there's, there's so many ways to, you know, to make money um, that you don't have to kind of, Sometimes I, I had conversations with people and I said, oh, I want to do this scheme or a bigger scheme. And then I looked at it and for me, at the end of the day, it's just all about um, return on investment. So away from um, sort of scaling up and like talking about if, if I was using exist, existing capital, if I can have, you know, pipeline of, I don't know, about like 8 million or something off the back of these same type of projects and the return on investment is 50%, then for me, it's like, why am I going to change and do something new just to say it's more units or a bigger property if the return on investment is the same and the GDV is the same? Yeah, but it just depends. Sense. Depends. No, I, I, I totally got what you're saying. London's, a, sense. London's a weird space as well. Like so in yeah. that, I said London's a weird space because property is so expensive yeah. that you can be doing a tiny, like, you know, maybe not tiny, but tiny in comparison. Well, that's so that there's. I think the seven flats we're looking at from a house conversion at the moment is going to be about 1.7 million, I think, GDV. So just, it, it shoots up quite quickly. That makes sense. Look, I, I, I think, um, I mean, even my even on my projects, the, the one that, I mean, all of them, if you looked at the cash flow on some of them, um, they're not far off having a... a it would probably make sense to for the cash flow just to have some HMOs instead. Mm, yeah, have a few HMOs and let the cash flow cash flow match it. If it was about cash flow, however, what you don't get is you don't get the um, the windfall. You don't get the equity, mm. and so there's kind of like a, it depends what your goals are as well. Yeah, I think if somebody's goal is cash flow, so so let's say you're doing what I'm doing, you're doing student accommodation. If your goals, let me get some good cash flow in, then I'll say probably best to go and get these HMOs and yeah. build it up, do 1,500 quid cash flow, whatever it is, a month, and do it that way. Whereas if your goal's um, a little bit, a bit of cash flow, because, and then I'll throw random numbers, but let's say my building generates, I don't know, X number, let's say... It's just pick a, doesn't number. have to be, let's doesn't say, have to be, let's yeah, that's yeah, 10 grand a month for, for me to do a five million pound building or something. Mm. Let's say the cash flow is 10 grand a month. I can get that same cash flow with maybe six HMOs. Yeah. So do I want to take this risk spending two and a half, three million pounds on construction, this long, long-winded planning commission project, doing all of this, taking all these risks, 
and um, build something just to make 10 grand cash flow or do I get 5-6 HMOs I think 5-6 HMOs is a safer route but then you don't get the equity you're not going to get that and also I think what you don't get and what I've heard you speak about in the past is obviously you don't get known for doing the big deal because the fact that you've delivered on the, you know, the £5 million project means that when you go and pitch yourself to do your next site or your £10 million or your £50 million project, you've established yourself in that space. So I think it depends on what your long-term goals are as well. Oh, yeah, true, true. Yeah. I lost you yeah, for a I second there. there. Yeah, you froze. I can hear you again, but I think, you've, okay, I think you're back now. We're back, yeah. Yeah, it depends on your goals. depends on your goals. If you've got... If you've got some big wealth-building goals and you want some... to make some windfall of money, then I think... You know, I think the larger development deals are the one, but there's so many things that come with it. Yeah. So let's talk... You just mentioned goals. Let's talk about goals. Where... What are your goals? Like, what what do you want to do? What what do you want to achieve in, in property? Um, once I get these um, these 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 current things off my plate, <laughs> I'm gonna uh, I'm just gonna move up. I'm just doing I'm bigger. I mean, my pipeline. I've already got some decent deals in my pipeline, so I'm just gonna go bigger. I'm gonna take very strategic risks, and I'm gonna I'm gonna do some larger developments. Just push my. Um, push my sort of comfort boundary but um, I'm going to do it with an experienced team um, and just tackle some more tackle some more exciting projects look I, I'd, I'd be lying if I said I'm not up for doing things like skyscrapers and larger mixed use schemes of hundreds of flats or maybe even a thousand flats like you know serious place making type schemes um, so I'm not in this. Can you hear you me? That? Yeah, yeah, no, I can hear you. I say you've seen that one in London recently with a little pool that goes across the middle. Oh, that sky pool. That looks interesting. Yeah, yeah. Give us a little sky pool, little Anthony Neville sky <laughs> pool, yeah. little logo in the bottom I mean, of the pool that when the sun hits it comes through. I mean, that, that that's these are large infrastructure projects, aren't they? And um, well, not infrastructure, but large, large projects yeah. and. Um, You've got to, especially in doing skyscrapers, that, that end value's got to really stack up because the build costs get absolutely crazy. And so, um, and I mean, I'm, mean game, I'm game for all of it. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to be um, uh, sort of reckless with it. I'm going to be very strategic and um, just do some really stuff that I'll, you know, I can get um, I feel- company can be recognised for and something that makes that- it stand out. One thing I think that I've noticed about you, you don't, when, whenever anybody's asked you about your goals, it's never, it's never, your, your instant response is never really financial. Um, it's all, a lot of it is about achievement, about... So what um, people say? Do people, other people say a number? Um, you not everybody, but people do, like a lot of the time, if you just ask somebody what are your goals, mm-hmm. then I've heard a lot of people, they have a number, not to say that they're very financially focused, but I've heard like I want a hundred million under you know assets under management. I want X. I want you know. But I think I think it is interesting when somebody you know when you ask them their goals, they're a lot more um, they're, they're they're related to something you know in terms of trying to build statement pieces. Um, you spoke about obviously managing risk as well. So it's not just all about I want to make as much money as possible, but I want to make be successful. Well, I want to be, here, I want to be balance the yeah mm. and. Do you um do you find like obviously you mentioned the weekend is, is for for downtime? Do you find like that you get consumed in in the workspace a lot? Like how do you how do you relax? Um, how do I relax? Oh, yeah. well, it's a difficult one. With someone else. <laughs> 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 no, you're still wrapping your. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, I just wear bre- listen. You see, in the same way, you got a tagline. But I'll just wear it now. Like this is my go-to. Like to be like, if unless I'm on holiday, you're gonna see me. In, you're gonna see me in just branded clothing because nah, good. That's how it should be. It's just I'm aware with this little shit thing. Exactly. Um, like why? Well, I don't know. You, I don't you know. need I'm to not, see that. I need to see that I'm volume profit. Exactly. That's Get the hat on, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
get out and let them know video. exactly that exactly that. Yeah. exactly let's see that <laughs> uh, i know it has to have something brand new something around you um, yeah, yeah but how, how do you is there, is there something or do you not feel like you really do get to switch off i think i do i i i, I definitely um commit a lot more time to family on the weekends mm. not so much in the weekday um but definitely a lot, a lot more on the weekends. I do work on the weekends, but not as not as much. Like, like, do you have do you have all your emails going really, through I don't to your know phone? If I do. What's that? Do you, have, do you have all your emails going through to your phone? Um, but my phone isn't ping. I can see them on my phone. Okay. But I turned that ping off years ago. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't feel. Well, my phone yet. doesn't even ring. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't even flash. Never get anything. My phone doesn't even <laughs> ring, let alone ping. It doesn't even ring. Only rings for my um. My wife and my mum. <laughs> oh, okay, good. I think I had my brother on recently, but um, it doesn't even ring. Because it, I, I, I learned a long time ago, you get very reactive. Yeah. So um, I kind of just, um, if, I log, if I touch my emails, when I physically go into the app. You have to go into it. Yeah. Because I had a conversation. But, I mean, emails are just one part of it. I think if you're on your emails a lot, then you're probably being very reactive, aren't you? Yeah. It's probably, it's probably when you're not on your emails. It's probably when you're making the most progress, like the real tangible stuff. It's probably the stuff outside of your emails. That's good, man. It's good. It's good. It's always good to have these conversations. Um, I think obviously there's been a couple of questions just in in uh, whilst we've been talking, and I think a lot of people just sort of a lot of people obviously because they're very early on in their journey, so they may be at the sort of exploratory stage where they're just looking into property, they're researching. Um, yeah. so, so if we sort of take it back, obviously everybody likes to know about mistakes they could potentially avoid, um, maybe a lesson, like a lesson learned that you'd kind of say in hindsight, something you would have done differently. Um, lesson. So I'm going to just keep relating it to the larger stuff. Less uh, focus is a big one. Focus, focus is, focus is my, um, number one thing, just work out where your time and your energy and your efforts are best spent and what's going to yield you the most results and um, keep pushing for that. So, um, uh, yeah, focus, focus. And once, you, yeah. once you've picked what you're doing, stick at it. Don't get distracted by all these other little shiny things. Just keep going for the same thing. So for me, I know that... Um, I know that that deals basically solve all my sort of problems. That's the way mm. I see it. So if I if I pull off and see through large deals, then everything else is fine and will fall into place. Um, so I, I kind of keep that as my focus. Don't get involved in other yeah, short term opportunities and stuff. Not that happening. Mean, I've definitely done stuff that I shouldn't have done. Yep. little ventures and stuff and it's just a distraction yeah. and you learn the hard way when you lose money yeah. or you've wasted a bunch of time on it I think time yeah time time is definitely you know you can, you can make money but wasting time a lot of the time is where you, you you really you really see that what you should be focusing on so so with your deals um, I mean can you talk us through how you go about you know like I guess not like a specific deal but just for you what your steps are on kind of finding a deal and taking that through to, you know, making it work. So actually not necessarily the, um, the execution of it once purchased, but just from finding a deal to kind of getting it across the line. Um, yeah. So, um, I mean, I'll, I'll talk specifically about my, um, the one that I've hosted like the most, the hands. Yeah. That might, that might be helpful. But I'll, um, I'll, I'll say what I do and then I'll talk specifically about that deal. So basically I look for a potential development site I make sure I'm looking in an area that I know is pretty decent to begin with. So I want the areas that already have decent values and for there to be a demand already for some kind of accommodation, whatever it is that I'm going, you know, that whatever it is that I'm trying to build. Do that first. Then I look for a potential development site, whether that's an old industrial building or a piece of land or a car park or whatever that is. And then look for that. Once I find something that I think is suitable for development, I then contact the owner. I find the owner's contact details online through um, Landreg or some other software, mm -hmm. um, like Land Insight or Nimbus Maps, whatever it is. 
to um, find the owner, find out information about the site, contact the owner. Once the owner gets in touch, after have to follow up, send letters and whatever other means I've used to communicate them, email, phone number. I um, ask them if they want to sell. And if they say yes, I say, look, I'm a developer. I'm not interested in owning a car park. I'm only interested if I can build something. So um, if you're up for it, if I can um, buy your site once I've got planning permission, I'm, I'm game if you're interested mm-hmm. in selling. They say yes. I go, all right, look, give me a week. I'm going to go and get a feasibility study. So then I'll go and get to an architect. And if it seems contentious, a planning consultant or whoever else I need, maybe a civil engineer and work out mm-hmm. some of the risks on the site and see what I can build. Once the architects and the others and a planning consultant tell me that it's feasible, they tell me how many units I'm likely to get on that site, I then take those units, work out the gross development value, and then work out the cost, the rough build cost. Mm-hmm. I generally know what that's going to be anyway from experience. If I don't, then I'll just contact a contractor and ask them yeah. to give me a rough indicative price of, the, of what it will cost to, to build it. And then I'll GDV minus development costs, so I'm going to minus my um, construction costs, minus my development profit, 25%, 20, 25, 30%, whatever it is. And um, uh, so construction costs and other holding costs and um, development profit and um, finance costs. And then I'm going to work out what I can pay for the site once I've deducted all those figures. And that's the offer I put forward. And the offer I put forward, I try and make sure there's a little bit of a um, margin in there just in case I have to sell the site of planning and I don't go on to develop it. Mm-hmm. So you don't really want to leave, you don't want to, you don't want to squeeze all of it because then yeah. if you have to sell or the market drops or the values drop, you, you don't want to be stuck. And then that's it, then I put in the offer and then put the offer in and then you follow up like crazy. Because very rarely do you put the offer in and then the person says yes straight away and then you do a deal straight away. Sometimes I'll say yes straight away and you've got to keep pushing and plugging at it. It could be for months before you actually get something signed. And then that's it. I'm not trying to pitch anything, but I've actually produced a guide. Mm-hmm. Um, so that I've put the link in my bio. Um, but I, I mean, I get these questions all the time. Like, How do you do it? How do you do it? And I've got, I'm sure, I mean, I know I've told people this a bunch of times. I've told them on videos and I've told them on... <laughs> told them on YouTube but it just leads to more questions so I said look yeah. I'm going to produce this guide and um, uh, this guide is going to lay out exactly how I do it yeah. and it's up to people to if they're, they're interested purchase it if not whatever I don't think I mean I, I don't sell courses and stuff I'm not into that sort of thing but if they want to know how I do it it's going to be in there in yeah, detail yeah. Um, but I, I give out the information anyway I'm not hiding anything if you ask me I'll tell you but I'm going to give a lot more detail in that guide but that's pretty much it. And um, that's what I did on Hanley Street. I found the site, found the industrial building, found the owner's details, um, found, it, found it was owned by a company, then checked company's house. Company's house told me that he was a director of another company, contacted that company. Um, he wasn't in, I called up, he wasn't in, got his email address, emailed him, and um, uh, done the whole deal, believe it or not, from secure, from finding the site to contacting the owner to getting the option in place to getting planning permission to buying it, the whole thing was done by email. Yeah, Never met the person or spoke to this day. That was years ago. To this day, and the guys, are, the guys are chartered accountant. When, when to I hear to this day, all I can think of is Beyonce uh, Wilder. <laughs> do, you do you not remember the video? He goes to this day. I can't remember. It. <laughs> yeah, that's all I can think when I heard you say that. <laughs> but yeah, no, and I think to this for, day I ain't met him. <laughs> but for a lot of people that are looking, you know, on on a way smaller scale, the fact that obviously it's not going to work every time, but the fact that you were able to achieve that on such a massive project just shows that you know you shouldn't look at you know on a much smaller project or you know even a similar size project that it's not possible. It shows that it is. It's the same thing. It's just a case of same process. how you go about it. Um, you have to you have to ask. If you don't ask, you don't get. A lot of the very old sayings ring true in so many different ways. Uh, but I think that's very true in, in the case. I of mean, property. literally, literally, literally. What I just said there. But some some people just don't want to buy it. What I said there. That's all you need. Literally, yeah. that's all you need. And some people don't want to believe it. 
they want more information, they want more detail. That's literally all you need. There's no excuse. And I, I worked this out by myself. Yeah. I, I worked out the GDV. I, I worked out, shit, how much can I pay for this site? Well, to pay, I must know how much it's going to be worth. I worked out the fucking... And you're offered- on, then I see people pitching this stuff, but I worked it out on myself because I thought, I'm going to go and do this deal now. I, I've been hanging around here for, like, I've been doing this for years. No one's going to bring me a deal. I'm a letting agent. Who's going to come and try and partner with me? No one's going to try and bring me in on a deal. I'm not going to be a shareholder equity partner, am I? No one's going to bring me a deal. Um, so I just thought, oh, I'm going to go find my own deal. And I found it. And then I, and I, and I had to work out. The, I didn't even have the answers beforehand. I just knew step one was finding a site. And that's, that's the other thing. It's like, like you said, in terms of working out what your GDV was, we can work that out. Like we know what stuff is going to be worth. There's precedence of what stuff is worth. You you can work it out. I mean, you can take you can take industry rates from a you know construction cost, or you can just ask a contractor who wants to work. Yeah. They're going to speak to you in terms of working out the gap of your profit. It's pretty it's pretty straightforward to work that that element of it out. Um, you know did you, everything you want to know, somebody knows, or it's in yeah. a book. Someone yeah. has the answer that you're looking for. They either know it or it's in a book. So uh, there's no excuse. Yeah. yeah. And was that, that was subject to planning, that offer? That you, um... uh, Hanshu, yeah, subject. No, no, it was, yeah. uh, it was an option. Oh, it was an option. Okay. Yeah. An option. So, um, right. would you now, obviously, maybe not now, but let's obviously talk in pipeline. Would you, do you think to increase your returns, would you start to purchase like without subject to planning in the future? Well, like, I've bought sites before. Okay, just bought them out. Just bought them on the basis. Unconditional, yeah. yeah. Cash. Yeah. Um, the the sites that I've done that on today, um, I can rent them out in the, in the interim. So there's, and a, you, there's a plan B. And not, to be honest, not a great return, but there's a fallback. Or if you if you get too busy, or you say, you know, that project isn't the size I want to do now, you could sell it with the planning game because you bought exactly. it at the right price to start with. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Mm. That's the main thing about this paying the paying big part of this is paying the right money to begin with, not all yeah. paying for sites. That that is literally like everybody always asks me like in terms of how to avoid mistakes and I say that like, if you buy at the right price at the beginning, you can make you can get something wrong on the construction. There can be an issue in the play there can be so much things because your margins are there to make mistakes because you bought at the right price. You can't change the ceiling price, or you can't change a look. Like you can, you can tweak it slightly, but you're not going to reinvent the wheel when it comes to what something's worth at the end. But if you pay the right price at the beginning of a deal, you can almost make every other mistake and still make money. Mm-hmm. I think that that is what's very, very key. That 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 applies at every level, any size deal. Literally. That just applies across the whole of property. Very true. Um, so future junior has asked um, if there's any books on property you would recommend. Books? Um, well, first of all, you don't need a book. Just do what I said. If you really need a book, then the books I've liked, really liked, is, um, and this is the big stuff, Donald Trump, Art of the Deal. Mm-hmm. That's a good book. Whether he's lying or not, it probably is. It's a good book. So, Art of the Deal by Donald Trump. And um, The People's Principles by Don Peebles. Some American guy. People's Principles. And um, so, they're they're the two property ones. People's Principles and Art of the Deal. And the one that I like is, the one thing is about focusing. And then the E-Myth is about systems. So, I've got four books there. E-Myth, the one thing, and then Art of the Deal and, and People's Principles. But People's Principles, I only read that book maybe two years ago. Yeah. Art of the Deal, probably similar. So I didn't read those books before I got started. Yeah, look, a lot of the books I've read have been very recently. But like, so I've, because I'm potentially going into bigger stuff, or like, I like very sort of almost academic books. So there's uh, this one, Property Development by David Isaac, um, which is just that, it was this one, sorry. So this, okay. It's like they're not this one and what's this other one? 
God, this one is up. Can you hear all that? Yeah, yeah, don't worry. Don't worry. Can you hear it a little bit? Yeah, go ahead. But um, yeah, they're good. Like if you're just trying to learn around like different specific specific topics, um, like I had an issue, for example, um, with like affordable house, like affordable housing and the contribution and the amount we expected it to be was like they literally added on a zero. So we're just kind of trying to work out how how you came to this. But literally off the back of maybe, what, a chapter, which was like 12 pages, like rebuttaled what we got from the council and basically got it down to what we expected. And that's just from something like wow. this. So having these, not just to maybe sit down and read them all the time, because they're not the you funniest have to read. That one. I mean, that, that sounds interesting. Yeah, no, they're good books. So I will, I'll, I'll put them up. Um, so I'll send it. So this is um, property. Who's uh, David Isaac. Okay, cool. Yeah. And then this one, like this is another they're like, you know they're they're proper like they're the university books, so the ones that uh, it doesn't it does it doesn't matter if they're twenty years old, they're still gonna be a hundred pound book because you need them for your course, supply and demand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But they're good books, they're they're well worth it. Amazon next day delivery. I don't get any money out of them, I'm not trying to pitch anything. But I've I've enjoyed them and they've helped me save a lot of money. Like it's a really, really good hundred pounds for them. Um particularly like with those little issues. A lot of the time, you could just go to almost like it's almost like going to case law of actually that's not really right. Yeah, 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 yeah. But that helps yeah. as well if you've got a good team around you. That can yeah. it helps as well. But if you can definitely, and this is one of the things about you know how you said you're like you're very involved. Mm. I'm just saying I like to know what's going on. So yeah, you're kind of prepared for later on if you've got a good team around you. Pay attention to what they're saying. There's some materials you can read. Read up about them. It's like um. Like the construction, you know, I, I even though I was there, there during um, the piling of both projects, mm -hmm. I still went and did some reading on it and watched yeah. the videos and learned about different types of piling and how piling works and the construction methods. And then I learned about the um, uh, whatever goes on top of that, do you know what I mean? The ring beam and then the rest of it, subfloor, and then a the different type of construction type. So I still read upon construction and i ask a lot of questions i think I that's so key always ask questions because even if i think i know the answer yeah because it's just also sometimes two people have a different perspective exactly. and even just be, being able to like say use an example of the piling the foundations like the why's why are we doing it like this because you might have seen somebody do it in a totally different way and also asking questions means that people need to have the answers. If I ask you a question, you don't know the answer. Now I know I maybe need to be concerned and start to look into it a bit further. Mm, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Important. Um, it's just about being active, isn't it? I think that's the, if that's the approach you take, then probably not. Right so, so when, when are we going to get, um, when are we going to get the, the, the Alfred Liverpool skyscraper? 20, 2025? What? Needs to be before then. 2024? Okay, good stuff, good stuff. <laughs> so I know you said you don't really, you haven't really got anything in your picture, but I know you're about to have your sh your show your show flat ready soon. That's right, isn't it? Yeah, your yeah, Show yeah. flat ready. So for those looking for student accommodation, make sure, um, you know, is it volume property they should follow or where, where should they find you guys? Yeah, I mean, look, um, so we've got an Instagram volume property. Mm -hmm. um, we've got two, two buildings that are ready for September for um, student yeah, occupancy. So one is Bridge Street Studios in, Bir uh, in Birmingham and it was Volume Works in Birmingham. Both central, both walking distance to Aston University and um, Birmingham City University. But I've, I mean, I've got this guide coming out. So this one-off guide that I'm doing, mm -hmm. if anyone's interested in the guide, just go to my, um, my profile, links in my bio, and just fill out your details, just put you're interested in the guide. And um, I've, I've, I've started to lay it out so I'm going to write it quickly mm -hmm. with the help of a I'm going to write it and then I'm going to have a writer proofread yeah. it and make yeah. it sound publishing better <laughs> and um, I'm going to pull it out so 
if you're interested, sign up to that. Um, yeah. Now, for those that don't already follow Anthony, I definitely recommend it. There's a lot of interesting stuff over on his page in terms of what he's doing. It's quite different to a lot of the people in the property space because he is Mr. Big Deal. So I definitely recommend going to follow him on Insta Instagram. You're on YouTube as well, right? Yeah, I'm just quiet. I mean, I do intend mm. to come back. You're, you're quite prolific. I'm, I'm, do you know what? I'm rubbish, on, I'm rubbish on YouTube. I've literally... Uh, I've, 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 got, I've not seen YouTube, but yeah. I've seen your... You're prolific on Instagram. You, I mean, you post way more than... Anyone that posts more than me... Yeah. Do you know, but do you know what's crazy? I've literally got a hard drive of like 30 videos, but I'm rubbish at editing. So I've got all these videos and all this oh, content, wow. all these projects I've been working on, but I just need to yeah, sit down with like my videographer and just be like, look, just get all these sorted and just yeah. just down, flood, flood the world. Out, but, but it's a balance between obviously we're busy in real life, not just in the social media world. So That's it's, it's hard to do both. I, I've always just, I always say I prioritise work, but um, mm. I'm, I've, I should have another videographer starting this week, hopefully next week. So let's see how that goes. I've had a bit of a bad run with videographers. I had one, when I first started doing the social media thing, I started off with a good videographer for about a year. And that's where I put out, I mean, I had probably about 200 followers on Instagram, just my friends and stuff. Yeah. And so and I started to build it then. And then I, I did it for about a year and then I've gone dead. Yeah. And so I want to start it again on social media and really go into these larger projects. So yeah, no, if anyone wants because... to subscribe to my YouTube, it's coming. Makes sense because there's a massive appetite. I know that like, it's hard because yeah. Look, that's what Kev said there. Videographer number thirty-two. You know my struggles. <laughs> nah, there is. Don't worry. I've got, I've got some people for you. I'll put you in touch with them. They're actually some of base around, no. yeah. Some of them are based around jewelry. Well, I've, got some I've, got, I've got a guy that's meant to be doing some filming this week, but mm. man, the the streak yeah. that I've had. Don't worry. I'm going to send you someone. Makes me want to just continue to be a developer. Yeah, you know, he can be a rock star as well. Yeah, that's that's the, the typical gym. I want to be like you, big no, man. That's <laughs> 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 nah, good, man. It's been a pleasure having you on. I'll let you get back to enjoying um the rest the rest of your of your weekend, what's left, then back to the graph tomorrow. But um definitely I think we'll have to do something potentially. I know I'm coming to Birmingham at some point, so I'll come and come see. Come down, man. Give me, a, yeah. give, me um, yeah. give me a shout, man. Yeah, no, I will. I'll show you around. We'll do, we'll do. Much appreciate, everybody. Thank you for logging in. We've got a different person next week, each and every Sunday. Ask someone else. I've said it right twice this time, so I've been amazing rather than somebody. Have somebody else every day, uh, every Sunday at 6 p.m. Make sure you're following myself and Anthony um, on Instagram, on YouTube. Get locked in. There's loads of gems, loads of free content out there, loads of opportunities to learn, and loads of opportunities to help you excel and you make money. Thank you for tuning in. It's Property by Cassie and Anthony. Peace. <laughs>